0: everybody um so um actually i did not have a chance to tell elizabeth this before we started but elizabeth you are our first interview for 2023
1: oh that's awesome thank you for having <laughs> me on
0: <laughs> of course uh and i am very uh, feel very privileged and, and honored tonight to speak with elizabeth you uh i'm saying tonight we're recording uh, and, and the night. Although this drops, you can listen to it anytime. Obviously, uh, Elizabeth is an illustrator. She creates key art for movie posters and Blu-ray covers. And I got to know her through Severin. Uh, Elizabeth, I do want to hold off on the title for just a second to keep people yeah. in suspense. Mm-hmm. But um, before we do that, thank you so much for for jumping in and, and uh, recording this conversation with us.
1: Yeah, of course. And and thank you for having me on. Um, I think. Um, Am I the first illustrator to be on the podcast?
0: You know, it's funny how life works. So when I first reached out to you, uh, yes. And through a weird series of circumstances Uh and total coincidence, we just randomly connected with uh, someone named Zishu, um, who's a different illustrator, has done some work with ERA 4444. And so by a weird... Like it's really rare, I think, that we would have two conversations with illustrators. Um, it's it's an area that I'm personally interested in, but I don't hear these interviews as often. Yeah. Um, but you are a second one, just due to scheduling. Um, oh, that's but first, cool. First I, well, I
1: look forward to listening to the other one.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, it's it's you have some similarities in the way your career has gone, which I want to get into shortly, mm-hmm. actually, because I'm I'm very fascinated by how you keep the lights on and and kind of. The various jobs and things you have to do. Uh, Your website has some amazing work on it. Um, But before we get into all of that, um, I just you know I guess I will spoil it. So I, one of my favorite covers was it 2021 when the Severin title dropped.
1: Oh, so I did two different things for Severin. Um, Okay. The one you're probably thinking of is it Blood for Dracula? Yes. Yeah. So uh, that was uh, 2021.
0: I was 21, right? Okay. Yeah. And when that dropped, I, I was stunned by how like beautiful that cover was.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Uh,
0: it's so simple. And I think, I don't know exactly why, but it just like really captured the, um, like the artistic kind of side of the movie. And, and I, and I think it's really great. Um, so, so well done. Did you, uh, how did you get connected with them and kind of, how did you get plugged in with, you know, with them and, 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 I have a million questions about that, but I think there's a lot in there that can kind of lead into your career and, mm-hmm. and lead to some other interesting discussions. So how did that start with Severin for you?
1: Um, so it's funny because, um, so uh, it, when I was like, I, I guess I'll just go, go back many years back. Well, let's um, do
0: it. Yeah, all the way back.
1: So when I was like in college, um, <laughs> uh-huh. I was, uh, you know, like an English major, and then I also became a cinema a cinema major, and I had absolutely no idea what I was gonna do. I thought, like in my dream you know, world, I thought, oh, I'll become a writer one day. Um, I wanted to become like a hard boiled detective fiction writer. <laughs> and so I would like, you know, just read a lot and collect pulp paperbacks. And I was always drawn to the covers and, and I was al- always drawn to movie posters as well, um, but, uh so I was, you know, just kind of aimless for a while. I, d- I didn't know what I was going to do when I graduated. Um, and then, like, I didn't even draw. There was a, a decade where I didn't even pick up a pencil or a paintbrush. <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about that, because now that's what I do for a living. Um, yeah. But it was because my focus was kind of elsewhere. And then um, what happened was... Uh, I don't know what, what, you know, started it. I don't know what the catalyst was, but one day I I just picked up a pen again or, you know, pencil. And I just started, um, I would watch movies and I would be like so inspired and I would create paintings and I would post it, um, to social media. And so this is maybe, um, trying to maybe like seven years ago. And, Yeah, so like at the time I had absolutely no idea what was in store for me in the future. Um, And then um, it was sort of hard for me to uh, meet other people who liked the same weird, obscure movies I liked. Uh Um, But then I discovered on Facebook, um, there seemed to be like a really big film community. So, um, you know, I would just join certain groups, uh, certain film groups. And, you know, one thing kind of led to another and, you know, you get friend requests. And, you know, I just sort of became Facebook friends with people within the film community. And um, so I, um, you know, I didn't have any connections whatsoever, um, but I was just a big fan of movies Uh and and I really loved Severin. And I think what happened was um, I became connected with uh, David Gregory, the president of Severin through Facebook. Uh-huh. And, um, and so this is, you know, like many years ago. And I so I would post a lot of art, you know, just on Facebook, just to my personal, uh, you know, uh, page, I didn't have like a professional art page back then. And, and then, you know, some people would, uh, you know, I would get some, uh, feedback. Some people seem to really like it. And it's interesting because I remember like seven years ago, um, I, I think it was October, so I was watching a lot of my favorite horror films, and I love vampire films, nice. and I remember I um, did this, uh, it was kind of like this drawing of um, one of my favorite films, Blood for Dracula, and it, I mean, it, I don't think it was like an amazing drawing, it was just, you know, it was done in black ink and then, you know, the blood. I, I made that with, I think, red acrylic paint. So I just did a few series and I posted it to Facebook. And so, I, I mean, I don't know because um, I never asked David Gregory, but I'm thinking maybe he saw that because, you know, I, I drew something from Blood for Dracula like seven years ago. Maybe uh-huh. he saw that and he he liked that. And, and then that's why he commissioned me for, you know, many years later to do um, their uh, Blu-ray release for Blood for Dracula. Um, and so, cause that's, you know, so I think it was like two years ago. Um, I think, yeah, it was like uh, during the pandemic. Um, so he initially contacted me for um, Nosferatu in Venice um, starring Klaus Kinski. Uh.
0: Uh, is that so, the other one you did?
1: Right, that's the other one I did. So uh, that was the first well. I did for them. Okay. And and then not long after he said, uh, "Well, would you also do Blood for Dracula?" And and I had kind of forgotten about you know that um, illustration I did many years ago. But in my mind, I thought maybe he saw that you know and and figured I'd be a good fit for these vampire films yeah um so yeah like that's really how it um how it started it was just posting my art online and and he saw it and then he contacted me
0: that's awesome well uh there's a whole bunch of questions I have from that story but just really quick before so the similarity I think Nosferatu in Venice I'm just looking at it now because I remembered it and I wanted to make sure this was right it has Mm -hmm. a little bit more color to it but yeah. it's still a very muted kind of palette. I- I'm assuming you're talking about the slipcover or both.
1: Right. Uh, just the slip cover. Okay.
0: Yeah. 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 That, that I, not that I can say, I know your art, but now that you say that I can kind of see it a little bit. Um. That's super fascinating. So did you, did he say like, you know, I kind of want it just like the face or kind of like a profile or, or did he just say, you know, can you please do Nosferatu in Venice for me? watch the movie and just send me your ideas like how did that process kind of right. go
1: um so he he sent me the film and then he's told me you know what do you think about it and he he told me kind of what he wanted um so he said you know I, I want uh you to see like Klaus Kinski's crazy rat teeth and some <laughs> blood dripping and you know a, a gray background so he gave me um subdirection with that and then with the the other one blood for dracula he said um yeah he wanted it pretty minimal with like a white background and then uh you know he he sent me like this particular image of udo kier from the film mm-hmm. and he said yeah can you recreate that you know in your own way um and and yeah and i i was really happy with that because i i tend to really love like minimal um like a minimal color palette and a white background i just think it looks very striking um, exactly and and yeah so that's how um that came about
0: well my favorite thing about the blood for dracula uh, i guess image before we move on from this is you know i i'm, I'm a heterosexual man but Udo Kier's eyes, I, yeah, <laughs> would w- are tempting. They're gorgeous, <laughs> right? And like you capture that well. Like they, they, they stand out. Um, and I, I, that was something that jumped out to me from uh, from early on. It's like, oh, there's somebody else who appreciates his eyes.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I remember. Uh, I think he has the most striking eyes I've ever seen, <laughs> and I really wanted. Um, like I knew if I did, you know. Uh, this cover and the red blood was gonna stand out obviously but I also really made sure to make his eyes stand out
0: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's well done especially young Udo Kira I'm looking it up if I can't find this quickly then we can move on but there's a folk horror movie he did from the 70s um see if I can find it very quickly it would have been Marco oh, Marco the devil
1: okay um, I, I don't No, I haven't quite, seen that one
0: yeah, he's quite young in it, um, oh. and uh, th- for somehow like they stand out even more. Uh, if, it, <laughs> if, well, since we're talking about Udo Kier's eyes, check out check out that um, uh, if you have some time. Okay, yeah, so ahead. so you went to school to be a crime a a, a writer, a novelist.
1: Well, th- that's in my fantasy. That's what I yeah, thought it sure,
0: sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but I mean, English major and film major kind of combined. I mean, that's yeah. uh, who's the uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. But who's the guy who's very famous for being kind of like a noir um, screenwriter? He's um,
1: uh, is it Raymond Chandler?
0: Chandler, thank yeah, you. Yeah, Raymond Chandler. My
1: favorite. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, do you still write then on the side a little bit?
1: Um, I, it's something I always wanted to go back to. I I just <laughs> focus on my art now. Yeah, um, but I feel like one day when the time is right, maybe I'll write something and then make illustrations and, you know, sort of combine my passions that that would be my ultimate dream.
0: Wow. Uh, that's great. Well, you heard it here first. If it happens, we get <laughs> we get 10%. Um,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> do you uh, where did you go to college?
1: Um, I went to Stony Brook University on Brook. Long Island. Okay,
0: cool. So are you kind of from like the New York area then?
1: Yeah, I um, so I was born in Maryland, and then my family moved to Queens when I was very young. Uh, but gr- I grew up on Long Island my whole life.
0: Nice. Uh, and movies a big part of that. It's always kind of been a big a big part of your upbringing.
1: Um. So I think when I was around, I mean, I've always liked movies, but I wasn't, um, you know, like I didn't become a real movie fanatic till maybe I was like sixteen years old. And I, I had just discovered, you know, the world of, of novels. So I'd be in the library a lot. And uh-huh. I can't remember the name of the book, but there was some, some film book. And I saw stills from Breathless. I saw stills from uh, Le Clice, Antonioni's film. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking, like, this is, I don't know what this is, but this is the most gorgeous, these are the most gorgeous images I've ever seen. And just based on the stills, I, I was like, what, what is this? So then I took out um, the DVDs from the library um, and, and then I was just hooked ever since then. It, it was like those two films um, that started everything, I think.
0: Okay, so would you say then you sort of uh, appreciate, your, your entry point into film was through the visuals side of it then?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ah, okay. It was through the stills and then you know, discovering the film posters later on. Yeah. I just thought, how can this be a bad film if the poster and the stills are so good? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that was my thinking.
0: Well, it's funny because it's you know a lot of art house movies and then a lot of exploitation movies use that same principle, right Of trying right. to sell it based on the poster. It's just the the style of art is, is maybe quite different, but uh, it's a similar approach anyways. Right. Um, are you, are you still, is that still kind of how you view or get excited about new movies? Do you, are you very kind of influenced by the way the trailer looks and the way the posters look? Is that still a big part of it?
1: Yeah. I, I think even more than watching the trailer, uh, I'm drawn by the poster. If the poster is amazing, I, I say, I have to check this movie out. Um, and it's the same with the book. If the book cover is Super striking. I'm gonna read that next.
0: Well, that's an interesting tie-in then, because you have done one poster at least, right? Um, for uh, or at least you've done a. I, I think it's a poster for Rysuke Hamaguchi, right? right? For one of his, yeah. So, is that or was that for a a book? No, it was a poster, right?
1: Oh, so for Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy? Yeah. Yeah, so um, that was, so the same year he directed uh, Drive My Car, which is, you know, the, the more famous one, um, he also directed Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy. And um, that had, it premiered in North America during um, uh, t- the 2021 New York Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And so um, so uh, David Wilentz, he, he works for film movement. He saw my poster for, uh, so he saw my uh, Blu-ray cover for blood for Dracula and he really liked it a lot. And so then he asked me, would I do the poster for um, wheel of fortune and fantasy? And Amazing. so that, yeah. So that was like the official uh, you know, Amer- I guess American poster and it was used overseas as well. Um, and in, that's the poster that's also uh, film movements, um, Blu-ray and DVD of it. And um, yeah, and, and I was, uh, I had absolutely no clue like that would get so much attention. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was amazing because uh, shortly after it was at the New York Film Festival, it premiered theatrically at Film Forum in Manhattan and okay. and they had my those posters they had my posters plastered everywhere and it was so surreal because that's one of my favorite movie theaters amazing and, and so that was the first time I've, I actually saw you know the the poster on the on the walls at a movie theater um so that was that was an amazing moment
0: congratulations and that was your first one uh, first poster? Uh, yes. Wow. So it's like, it kind of came full circle. Like you're doing the, the the thing that pulled you into film to begin with in a theater you loved just kind of like all came into that magical moment. That's amazing.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, totally.
0: Um, So I, you know, without getting into specifics cause I'm sure there's a bunch of NDAs and stuff, but generally speaking, has that attention been good for you? Like, are you getting more commissions and more attention for, for doing some more work?
1: Yeah, I, I think so because I, um... Uh, I mean, I've only recently started going to more film festivals Mm -hmm. and and just meeting, um, you know, filmmakers. And every time I tell them I did the poster for uh, Wheel of Fortune and Fantasy, their eyes kind of light up. And I feel like there's just so many Hamaguchi fans. And and if they only knew Drive My Car, um, they learn, oh, you did another film. And then they become very (laughs) curious.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: And I feel like definitely that one, uh, that and Blood for Dracula, that has gotten um, the most attention out of out of the, the posters and Blu-ray covers I've done.
0: Well, congratulations. And, and before I forget, I wanted to ask, because on your website, which is just elizabethu.com, so uh, anybody can please go there. It's got some bunch of good stuff. Um, but you have a picture with Hamaguchi. So uh, is there... Did you get to meet him? Did you get to spend some time with him? Oh,
1: yeah. So that picture. um, So when he premiered his film at um, the New York Film Festival. um, So after, you know, after the film, I, I thought, you know, oh, it would be so cool to meet him and introduce myself. But, you know, he's probably like. You know, backstage somewhere, I'm I'm never gonna be able to meet him. You know, or he'll be mobbed by a bunch of people. I have no clue. Um, so after the movie, um, I was just walking to uh, to lunch at a restaurant, and I saw him like on the sidewalk. <laughs> um, and it, it was it was like the most <laughs> random thing, and then so I I I was like, am I? seeing this correctly. So I, I ended up uh, going up to him and introducing myself. And um, I told him I did the poster for his film. And, and he was super gracious. He was so nice. And he, he said he, how much he loved the poster I did. Um, and then he, he also said, um, so the film is an anthology film all about, you know, fate and um, coincidence. And he was telling me, this is like a scene out of the movie it's it's like a coincidence that we should run into each other like that Um, especially when it's not (laughs) in
0: the venue yeah that's amazing
1: it was it was a very serendipitous moment and i'm so grateful that it it ended up happening like that
0: wow that's great um i I always like hearing that people are human behind the camera because you never know for sure (laughs) (laughs) um well i know it's led so your work has led to at least uh, at least one more Blu-ray recently. So, uh, you were telling me um, that one one of my my recent covers that I was really drawn to was from Big World Pictures, which is mm-hmm. an OCN uh, label, and their release of Distant, right? Right. Wow. So that's great. Did you work with Justin over there, or ha- like which which part of the OCN crew did you work with to get involved with that? Um.
1: So so Justin uh, Justin La Liberty. He. Uh-huh. I think he's. Uh, so he contacted me. It was like either Instagram or Twitter. He really liked, um, my blood for Dracula cover. Mm -hmm. And so he said, would you be interested in doing something for, um, you know, for possibly vinegar syndrome? And I said, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh And then, um, so like July of 2021. Yeah. He, he said, well, we're going to release, um, distant, um, also known as Uzak, the Turkish title. Uh, he said, "Would you want to do the um, the Blu-ray slipcover for that?" So I said, "Yeah, absolutely." And and so that's how that one came about. And um and that one was fun to do because the the cover it, it like wraps around. So um so it's you know this uh important moment in the film when one of the lead actors is you know looking at the the ocean and the ships going by and Mm -hmm. um so it it kind of wraps around the cover and that was that was a lot of fun to do.
0: I'm uh please explain like I'm five for my question that I'm about to ask because I'm not I don't have a strong background in art although Uh, I can appreciate it um how did you choose the colors because that the thing that struck me about distance was there's, they're kind of blended together, but in a in a crazy way, they're also very unique and stand out. Um, and it, there's like a they create a mood, especially uh, well the front and the back, but yeah, the back when it's just the kind of the sky um, and the and then the water and and the horizon, I guess it creates like a very specific mood. Um, is that an iterative process, or kind of how do you yeah how did you do all that?
1: Um, so he asked me to. Um you know, come up with the concept. And I had a few ideas in mind, but I, I really liked this one scene in the movie um, that ended up inspiring that cover. And um, so I use, like during the pandemic, I discovered Japanese watercolor, which is very different than, you know, Western watercolors. I just find that the colors are more vibrant. And so I, I'm not really used to doing... Um, landscapes and things like that. Like I, I love drawing faces and people. So this one, I did a lot of experimenting before um, illustrating that final cover. And, um, and and so I really liked how colorful it was. And it in my mind originally, I didn't think it was gonna be that vibrant um, because when I think of the film, I think of, uh, maybe more muted colors. And I think of like the snow. Um, but I actually really like how it turned out because even though, you know, he's in front of this beautiful sunset, you still get this feeling of, of loneliness and isolation. Um, so yeah, so sometimes it, it ends up looking very different from my original um, plan for it. Um, but but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how this one turned out.
0: It's great. And, and that's, um, it, it it's very striking. And, uh, Justin is, uh, I've, we've had him on here before. And, and just in general, I think we've spoken to, I think there's 21 partner labels now, 22. We've probably spoken to at least 10 of them. Um, oh, wow! I'm a big fan of what OCN's doing. Um, uh, you know they're they're a great company to be plugged in with. From what I understand, they're great people as well as, oh, as yeah. have created a good business model. So I hope you get a lot of extra work with them. Big World Pictures specifically, they have one of my favorite releases from any of the partner labels. Their first release was Rebels of the Neon God. Have you seen that by chance? Uh,
1: so I haven't seen the film, but I have seen that gorgeous uh, cover for it.
0: It is a very. You're right. It's a beautiful slipcover. Um, but the film is great it's a little bit probably closer to solo cinema Um, I don't know it's not fully there but it's kind of going in that direction but um, I I like that kind of stuff this is it's a very good movie very very I was was, you know like it's funny because you're talking earlier about like Severin and kind of liking some of the horror movies and I mean you didn't use the word schlocky but you know that word is commonly used for Severin Um, and Vinegar Syndrome certainly got that reputation from what they were kind of in their early years. And so it always makes me smile when I can go on Vinegar Syndrome and buy stuff from like Altered Innocence and Big World Pictures and then Deaf Crocodile, and then go get, you know, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 or something yeah, that right, they're yeah. putting a It's like, yeah, it feels like I'm cheating somehow. Um, what what movies are you watching now? Like, are you into a particular genre? Do you, like, like what are you watching nowadays?
1: Um, I, um, what am I watching now? I've been revisiting a lot of the movies that I, that I love. Um, so a lot of, um, film noir and French cinema, Italian cinema. Um, uh, like I, I'm revisiting, um, Sam Fuller's films. Nice. Um, I mean, my dream is has been to do a cover for one of his films mm.
0: um
1: and um I'm, I'm trying to think of like specific uh, movies
0: what um, is it about just while you're thinking what is it about sam fuller that you're why are you called? like what is it you like about him since you called him out specifically I, I love him by the way but i'm just curious what what do you like about um, his films?
1: i mean maybe it's because of his background as he was a crime reporter in new york city and yeah um, and, you know, he's also a novelist. He just, he really knows how to create such a vivid, memorable scene, especially like the opening scenes in his films. Yeah. Um, so I love, you know, Underworld USA and Shock Corridor, House of Bamboo. So I, I've been revisiting a lot of them and it's still just breathtaking. Uh, Shock Corridor. I mean, I could go on. Um and yeah I I I'm, I'm trying to revisit the films that mean a lot to me but that I haven't seen in a really long time. Um yeah. another favorite director of mine is Jean-Pierre Melville. Oh yeah. And yeah, I I mean cuz yeah, I'm trying to watch newer films too, but I feel like I I have to sometimes go back to my roots, like what yeah. I love the most and and it's just endlessly inspiring for me um
0: yeah we uh recently uh for one of the films that we were discussing on the podcast was the samurai
1: oh yeah Um, that's one of my favorites
0: oh it's so good um it was paired with um uh the jarmusch movie with uh, forrest whitaker um
1: oh ghost dog
0: ghost dog thank you yeah i
1: love that one too
0: yeah 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 (laughs) it was a fun episode um, I, I think Le Circle Rouge is probably one of my favorite movies. Um,
1: that one is my, my absolute favorite by him. It's probably in my, like my top 10 favorite movies ever. Yeah, it's so it's good, such right? a perfect heist movie. And I yeah. just love how quiet it is. And it, it's just a masterpiece. It's so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, this is making me want to see it. I kind of like you, I had a break. Uh, you mentioned you had not pick up your, your your brush for 10 years. Right. Um, I got really into film in college um, and then like like really into it. Um, started my DVD collection. This is back in 2000 kind of t- till 2006 or seven. Um, and then just stopped starting a family work, trying to get work things off the ground for a variety of reasons. Um, I mean, I still watch some movies, but essentially stopped and then 2018, 19 kind of got back into it. I couldn't, I couldn't keep away from it. <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> so I've been this is uh, the circle of rears is one of the ones that I saw the first time around. Um, I've been kind of meaning to revisit it. But yeah, that's uh that's a, I remember loving it. And then it's funny you mentioned Sam Fuller. So once or twice a year, I I try to do like a full um, like everything a director did. I try to find it. Yeah, and, and go through it. So right now I'm in the middle of a, or in the beginning really of a Kieślowski, um run. But one of the ones I have that I'm I'm now complete on is Sam Fuller's stuff. So at some point next year, I'll probably go through all of his movies. Um, just cause like you said, like just the first couple few that I saw, I was like, well, okay, love this guy. Um, <laughs> so let's yeah, go see yeah. what else he's done. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that's that's great. Uh, and, and you kind of mentioned this, or you kind of alluded to this, but so you, you would like to be doing uh, more of the classic Hollywood, kind of classic international cinema, like you'd love to go in that direction with your art?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, before I was getting this work for movie posters and Blu-ray covers, um, I would say most of the art I was doing, it was inspired by film noir and old Hollywood. Um, I did this whole series. Uh, inspired by Hitchcock's uh, blondes and I you know so Tippi Hedren, Kim Novak um, and I mean he's my one of my favorites Hitchcock and um, and I just loved drawing the details on the dresses you know Edith Edith Head's work in, in those films is incredible um, and and yeah I mean I just I, that's my favorite thing in the world is just wow, the glamour are, of old Hollywood. I would love to do something with, you know, like a Marlena Dietrich film or Greta Garbo or Veronica Lake or yeah, that that's my absolute dream.
0: These are very good. I'm just scrolling through while you're talking. I'm down to Madeline Carroll at Secret Agent. You capture the fear in her face well. Um, I've, I've heard on of in, in different conversations with artists in the past, I've heard that hands are always like the hardest thing to draw. Do you have a hardest thing to draw?
1: Um, I definitely don't love drawing hands. Okay. <laughs> um, I've, yeah, it's, it's there are certain things I find kind of tedious and hands is definitely one of them. Um, but the most fun for me is drawing the eyes or the face. Right. Um, and I know for some other artists that they say that's the hardest thing um but that's my that's my favorite uh but yeah like everything else like the hands or um I'm trying to think what else yeah Um, I think just because you mentioned it's just not as fun (laughs)
0: uh they're not as expressive I guess right yeah the tippy hedron one for the birds is I think my favorite I'm just scrolling through um that is fantastic really good art um well, great. I mean, so, uh, you know, do you have a, like, do you see your career going towards uh, illustrating for, like, you know, comic books or do you want to kind of stay in, like, posters and Blu-ray? Like, do you have a specific vision for kind of where you want your career to go as you get more uh, choice and, and influence?
1: Um, I I would love to do more uh, book covers, editorial, murals, like I'm interested in everything, but my absolute passion is still um, movies. Uh, So I would love to continue to do uh, movie posters and Blu-ray covers. And I would love to work, you know, with, you know, Vinegar Syndrome and Deaf Crocodile and Criterion. I mean, the the list goes on. it's just always so fun for me to discover, you know, new movies and, and to sort of try to capture the essence of it in a single, in a single image. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I would love to do to just keep doing, uh, movie posters.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, that was kind of my last question. Uh, So I'm, I'm glad you opened that door. Um, to me, again, kind of on the outside here, you know, I think um, what you do is terrifying to me because, (laughs) uh, not only because I'm a terrible artist, but essentially what you're trying to do is like bring out the soul of the movie into a single image, right? right? Um, And that is such an amazing skill, but, uh, and and one that really helps sell a movie, by the way, and we've kind of touched on it lightly, but I think nowadays, with especially with the slipcover craze that's kind of happening right now, um, people really get excited by a beautiful slipcover. So, do you would you say that your the final image that you end up with would you say that's more of a like a logical you know kind of uh, exercise to get there, or more of an emotional exercise? to see like what image impacts you the most as you're watching a film? Or like, like how does that kind of go for you to, to be able to actually just land on something and, and make it?
1: Um, so for example, for the Wheel of Fortune and fantasy um, poster I did. So that has three stories, it, it's an anthology film. And I remember thinking, okay, what am I gonna do for this poster? Am I gonna include all the main characters from all three stories? And then I thought to myself, um, you know, you see so many posters where there's a ton of people, like every cast member in the poster.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and some of them can look fine, but I think I, I tend to be drawn to more uh, minimal posters. And and so I thought, well, what's my favorite episode of this film? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was the last one. And um, so there's this, uh, moment early in the third part of the film where um, these uh, two women are at the train station in Tokyo. And um, so, you know, one is going d- down the escalator and one is going the other way. And then it just clicked for me. I thought uh, that would be an, an amazing image to put as the poster, because for me, that represents, you um, you know th- those themes that are in the movie uh, with like memory and coincidence, that you know a chance encounter, and and then yeah, and, and then so I just started s- sketching out ideas, um and and I really connected most with that story, and and then later on uh, when that poster came out, a lot of people would tell me on social media, oh that was my favorite episode in the film, and that you know that's my favorite moment in that whole film. And so I was really uh, glad that I I chose a moment that resonated with so many people. Um, And and yeah, so that's, I guess for that, it was definitely, uh, I was thinking about the emotional aspect of that film and what connected most to me, um, while also including, you know, those two main characters from that episode. Um, even though one one of the characters you only see the back of her head, but mm. I really liked that. Um, and then the other one, you see her face, but she's more in the distance.
0: Mm-hmm. It reminded me a little bit of um, the elevator scene in Chunking Express. Not, oh yeah. I don't. I mean, I think it's different in Chunking because it's mostly a one-way elevator coming by the house. Um, but I don't think it's incredibly common to see elevators used, um, as part of the story in, in film. So that was just kind of the first place my mind went to when I saw that. Um, but, um, I, I, I take it back. I have a new favorite print. Uh, it's Jean Moreau and cat.
1: Oh yeah. A lot of people really like that one.
0: Yeah. I was just going through the ones that you have on your, um, your shop on your website. That one is awesome. Um, Yeah. So, um, anyways, that's. I I like the way that you um, that you laid out the story. I don't want to jump around too much. I like the way that you laid out the story of of how you got there. You know, I was just trying to think of just a film that we both like. So we've been talking about uh, Fuller. I was just trying to think of Shock Corridor a little bit. You know, I think there's there's certain scenes in there like if if you're trying to capture uh, like a minimalist type of image, right. I'm trying to think of like, there's certain moments where he, he kind of goes through this transformation, right. Where like we're in the audience, aren't sure whether he's going, like if he's truly losing his mind or if he's acting And at some point, it becomes apparent that that slip has kind of happened, but there's, there's a, there's a chunk in the middle of the movie where it's just, you're still kind of like, well, I don't know, maybe he's just kind of into it. You know, it's harder to tell. Um, I feel like there's a couple scenes where he's in that, Psychiatrist office, or the or the the head of the the ward's office, um, where his eyes are are doing a lot of acting that I think could be really good there. I was trying to think if that's is it you know is it something like is is that kind of your thought process as you as you go through the um, trying to figure out what you would do.
1: Um, wait, sorry, does, can does, you just repeat your question?
0: Yeah, yeah, like like you know, kind of how I just talked that out and got to like that. There's a there's a moment for me there where like you're not quite sure if he's lost his sanity yet or right, not, right. right? And it's like, there's, there's, you kind of, in his eyes are doing a lot of acting in that moment. And I was thinking of, okay, maybe there's like a way to, you know, that that's something that could be captured there as far as uh, telling the story of like, you, you're not really sure what's going on, but you can see something in his eyes is like changed. Um, you know, would it, would it be something like, like, is that, is that kind of the way that you would start to think and kind of deconstruct like a particular moment to pull out and, and, start to draw it.
1: Um yeah, I mean when I watch a movie, uh I definitely take note of like what what are the shots in this film that I just can't stop thinking about.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And and I try to you know, try to incorporate that into my um into my ideas. Um and yeah, I mean I that's I mean pretty much that's what I do. I'll just rewatch a movie a few times and you know just choose like a a couple like a few moments not overwhelm myself with you know I I love 20 different scenes just just pick a few that really um, that I think are really important to the story for sure
0: that's cool well obviously I have you know a hundred different questions in different directions but I think for me this is exactly what I wanted to cover and um, I think is a really great introduction to you uh, and how much you just have a passion for film and uh, and, and kind of your path to get there so I, I really appreciate you taking the time out uh, is there anything that I didn't cover today that you would want people to make sure they knew about you?
1: Um, I would say just uh, if, if you want to commission me for something, whether that's a movie poster or a private commission, feel free to email me Um, or, you know, just go to my website, um, ElizabethU.com. I'm currently setting up a new shop. And so it'll be a lot of my art prints. Um, So that should be up within a few weeks Um, (laughs) and that'll just be on my website. Um, So yeah, I mean, feel free to contact me if you want to talk about movies whatever you want um and if you want to follow me on social media um uh so instagram twitter letterboxd is all um l e j a z z n i k and then my facebook page is just elizabeth you art um so every time i have like new new art or a new movie poster blu-ray release that's the first place i usually post it
0: nice.
1: um and yeah i mean thank you so much for having me um this this is a lot of fun
0: great i'm glad you had a good time once once you start becoming a, a regular in vinegar syndrome uh, if if you have time if the, unless you're too busy you can come back in a year or two and just kind of check in and see how it's going
1: Yeah, I would absolutely love to.
0: (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Okay. Well, Elizabeth, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, I'll see you online.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much.